we turn to the Rent Guidelines Board. It meets tomorrow night at 7 p.m. at Hunter College in Manhattan. The nine-member board will vote on how high rents will be allowed to increase on one- and two-year leases for the city's 960,000 rent-stabilized apartments, which are home to roughly 2 million New Yorkers. This past Thursday, a Rent Guidelines Board public hearing in downtown Brooklyn drew an overflow crowd of hundreds of tenants who urged the RGB to scrap proposed rent hikes of as much as 7% and either freeze rents or even roll them back. The independents Elsie Carson Holt and Owen Schacht were also there. Here's some of what tenants and their allies had to say. What keeps happening is the people that have lived there, the people that make it historical, you know, are moving, are being forced out. And this is permanent displacement. And our thing is about fighting the displacement and the systemic racism and white supremacy that is leading to our people being displaced. But the, the main piece of this is that no one can afford it. Even if it's 2%, 1%, that is still a hardship for so many people in New York. We can't afford to pay any more rent. We, we, we want to live our lives. We can't afford any kind of, you know, increase. We need a rollback. It has to happen. The rent board was supposed to protect us. It's shocking. I mean, the fact that they raised it last year, like one of the highest in like ages, and that was already stressful. I mean, my landlord, he, he didn't do anything for the increase either. And then to raise it again is just like, it's it's insanity. I mean, people are, I'm struggling right now. I'd like to be looking for more work because I need more money. <laughs> Not being here. So. And it almost on like phasing us out in a sense, like moving us out almost, or pushing us out, doing this, and we are New York City, so I'm here to let my voice be heard, and hopefully it makes a difference. People are going to face evictions, people cannot afford the apartments they have, and while we are sympathetic to some of the smaller owners, private equity firms are buying up and forcing people out of their apartments using unscrupulous means of harassment. That was tenants and their allies speaking at last Thursday's public hearing in downtown Brooklyn held by the Rent Guidelines Board. The first speaker was Imani Henry from Equality Flatbush. And we heard from the tenants, uh, Johanna Grease and Michelle, who uh, did not want to give her last name. And the final speaker there was uh, Assembly Member Deborah Glick, who represents a district in lower Manhattan. Uh, So, again, tomorrow at 7 p.m., the Rent Guidelines Board will meet to cast a final vote on what the annual rent increases will be for rent-stabilized tenants. The meeting will be held at Hunter College's Assembly Hall on East 69th Street between Park and Lexington Avenue. The venue was just uh, switched in the last week by the Rent Guidelines Board. Uh, The the meeting was previously uh, scheduled for uh, Cooper Union's Great Hall but it has been, again, moved to Assembly Hall at uh, Hunter College on East 69th Street between Park and Lexington Avenue. Joining us now to preview tomorrow night's RGB meeting is the independent Stephen Wishnia. He's been the Indies housing correspondent for more than 20 years. He's also the longtime editor of Tenant Incolino newspaper published by the Met Council on Housing. Stephen, welcome to WBAI Radio. Hi, John. How are you doing? Pretty good. So for starters, uh, can you describe a little bit exactly uh, what the RGB is and, and who sits on it and how they got there? Okay, it's a nine-member board that sets 
permissible increases for rent stabilized apartments every year, you know, either for a you know, one year lease renewal or a two year lease renewal. It's got nine members who are appointed by the mayor. The chair serves at the mayor's pleasure. Uh, the others uh, have sort of overlapping terms. So usually within a couple years, it takes a couple years for an incoming mayor to switch the board to have his people there. And this is the year where you're going to, it's basically Adam's appointed board. Uh, there are five public members, two tenant representatives, two landlord representatives. Typically what happens is the tenant representatives preserve, uh, propose something like a rent freeze or a 1% increase. Uh, that gets voted down seven to two. The landlord representatives propose something like a 10% increase with, you know, extra increases for low rent apartments. And that gets voted down seven to two. And then the public members propose, you know, something that's in between and that gets voted, that gets approved by a five to four vote. And can you describe the spectrum of uh, rent increases they've previously signaled they're willing to uh, contemplate? Well, over the last 10 years, instead of proposing a specific figure, they've moved to proposing a range at the preliminary vote, which is held in May. So this year, it's for a one-year lease, it could be two to uh, two to five percent increase, and for a two-year lease, it would be four to seven percent. I got it. And um, what what do you expect with the uh, turnout tomorrow uh, at that preliminary hearing in May? Uh, the the crowd and some of the elected officials basically took over the stage. Um, and there was certainly a, a strong turnout last week in in Brooklyn. What's your anticipation about how things may go tomorrow? I think there's likely to be a lot of people there. You know, whether you know moving it, you know, moving it to Hunter might make it harder for say when they had it at Cooper Union. A couple dozen people from the Lower East Side could just walk over. Um, so it's a little harder to get to. I don't know that space, so I don't know how tight security has been. I know about you know, 10 or 15 years ago after people brought in noisemakers to a vote, at a final vote at Cooper Union, they started making everybody go through a metal detector. Uh, right, the clanging cowbells. Yeah. Right, so, uh, um, right, they may be a, a little uptight after what happened in May with the takeover of the a stage. So, Steve, what's your assessment uh, overall of the impact of all the uh, public outpouring at, at both these uh, hearings and at a meeting like tomorrow night? How much does it uh, impact uh, what the Rent Guidelines Board ends up doing? I think it, well, it definitely keeps it from getting worse because if no, no tenants showed up, you know, then they'd be, oh, tenants aren't complaining. You know, we can raise rents as much as we, as much as the mayor wants or as much as the landlords are asking. Uh, how much effect it has, I don't know. Uh, a lot of people, especially the public members, tend to pride themselves on, tend to be kind of technocratic. You know, so they pride themselves on, oh, we are, 
you know, it's the attitude if both sides are angry at us, we must have done something right. I'm sure you've encountered that in journalism. You know, if you write a story that uh, gets both sides upset, then you must be fair. <laughs> right. Middle. Uh, so they tend to be, oh, we go by the numbers. We're not swayed by emotional arguments. So I don't know how much effect it has. You know, on the other hand, it's the, you know, one of the rare chances people have to present their case to someone who has power to give them a rent increase and to, you know, yell at the powers who are giving them rent increases. Right. And, um, uh, well, can you, uh, just talk a little bit more about the rent guidelines board? Um, uh, and, and how responsive are they to the concerns of the mayor? He appoints them. Uh, are, are they that, uh, uh, technocratically, uh, separated from the political process? Uh, in, uh, if you ask people flat out, they would deny it. They'd say, oh, the mayor has no influence over us. Uh, the mayor would say, oh, I don't, I just appoint them. I can communicate with them, but I don't, I can't tell them what to do. I don't tell them what to do. In practice, uh, mayor often, you know, lets them know, you know, what's acceptable and what's not. Uh, so with de Blasio, you know, he pushed pretty hard for a rent increase, for rent freeze, except for a couple of years where I think he felt that it was, oh, like, you know, let's give the landlords a bit of a break. Eric Adams is a lot more pro-landlord. Uh, one of the people he appointed as public members, as a public member, I uh, work is involved with the Manhattan Institute, which is, you know, really against rent controls in general. You know, the Manhattan Institute, for people who aren't familiar with it, is a right-wing urban policy think tank. Uh, it's where the details of a lot of Rudy Giuliani's, you know, policies in policing and public assistance and housing came from. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, Adams is definitely more pro real estate and uh, he buys into the, you know, the, oh, we have to protect the small landlords and there are not a lot of rent stabilized apartments owned by small landlords. If you're talking about people who own like, you know, less than, you know, 10, 15 apartments, uh, you know, no apart, no buildings less than six units are covered. So it's not like, you know, somebody who has a two-family house or, you know, three-family house and is renting out the other two apartments in it is, you know, has to deal with rent stabilization. It's only for buildings that are six units or more, and the vast majority of them are owned by land large landlords. I don't know how many. There aren't a lot of exact figures on it, but it's, you know, the vast majority are owned by large landlords. Right. All right. Well, we will be watching closely to see what happens at tomorrow night's meeting, both the, the vote that's cast by the Rent Guidelines Board and the public uh, uh, presence there. Uh, Stephen Wishney, a longtime housing correspondent for The Independent, thank you for joining us this evening on The Independent News Hour. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome.
Okay. Bye-bye.